The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Well, it's not sounding from uh, the little two minutes of preamble before I hit that record button like this is going to be the highest energy podcast in the world. <laughs> we are both uh, freshly awake from naps after yeah. early shifts. Yeah, I, I, nap sounds more deliberate. Man, just, just falling asleep, leaned on my hand. <laughs> but, oh, so yeah, at least, at least I had the decency to get curled up in bed. But... Were we more or less awake than Robin Cock in the first three minutes of the game against Leicester? Oh, straight in. Mm. Yeah, um, we will go straight into the game. We'll talk about the... Because there is some sad news around Leeds, but because we've got onto it, we'll go straight into it. Um, Leeds won, Leicester 4. It's a bit of a shame, but I suppose we're, we're going to have games like this. And we do have to remember that Leicester are a good side. Yeah, it probably worked out quite well for you, actually. This is the first game in a while where you've had to work through it. Yeah, I did have to work in my actual proper job, which uh, I thought was my fault because I thought I'd forgotten to book it off and then I went through my emails. And no, I did book it off. It just made me work anyway. Hey, you, can't <laughs> have it. you can't have it all, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, well, obviously this game was, it was a bit of a frustrating one. Uh I, I, I'm not like it's not like when we get beaten when we got beaten the championship and you were like the sky is falling. Although it, by the looks of the weather, it did a decent job of it. <laughs> yeah, it looked uh, absolutely torrential at kickoff. Didn't it was it? it was horrendous conditions, and that was one of the things early on that Leicester seemed to be able to deal with, and we just couldn't. Yeah, I think that's one of the things is is that the, the way Leicester. Played, certainly played against us was a lot more direct. There was, you know, they were fairly fairly quick getting the ball upfield, um, and you know, especially in the early stages, they were pretty scary on the counter attack. Yeah, I mean, they they are a really good counter attacking side. It's one of the strengths, and one of the key things is if you're playing against a team that's really good at counter attacking and set up for that, you can't afford to give away an early goal. Uh, and you need to take your chances when you get them. And Leeds basically failed on both counts within three minutes. Yeah, you don't think that you don't think that's going to be the the issue in the first hundred and eighty seconds of a game. No, obviously it was a big chance early on. It was uh, Costas cross. Was it Harrison header back post? Yeah, Puts it pretty much on a plate for Bamford, sort of seven eight yards out, and he just heads it straight. At Michael, it's a uh, obviously. Bamford is miles in credit this season, no matter what, he's been really good. But that it was a poor finish, that. Yeah, I don't know if it was that he was too focused on trying to generate power on it when it, it maybe just needed more direction than anything else. But yeah, very disappointing to to basically nod it into the hands of, of Kasper Schmeichel. Yeah, and I suppose from a... Well, from the way that the, uh, the live coverage was at the time... And then Vardy's in behind and they've scored. Yeah, because that was as much as you got to see live. <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, 
they, they show the replay of it again. Then all of a sudden, uh, Jamie Vardy has chased down a ball and rounding the goalkeeper. Yeah, but when he did see the replay, I mean, they just got the ball. Out. I think it was folks at left centre back played a long ball up the line. No real danger. Uh, Cox got there, and he just. It was one of the things that was a, a, if I'm being hyper, well, I mean, I can be the standard level of critical. It was a shit back pass and he left it a mile short. Mm -hmm. But the other problem with it was, and I know that, you know, you do some, you do want to try and put your keeper on the strong foot and stuff, but you don't aim back passes at the middle of the goal. You aim them wide of the goal. If he he underhits that, but goes onto Melier's right. So he's out there. Melier still gets there. Mm. Because he's gone across, it makes it so much easier for Vardy to cut off the angle. It would have been fine either way if he'd have actually hit the pass with enough power, but that was, again, the another thing with Leeds not dealing with the conditions. The number of times they played a pass and it just... They just didn't seem to take into account that there was a shitload of surface water. Yeah. I, I mean, it was bad enough because I think it was... Uh, I think it was Adam Pope had reported beforehand that, that they were laying sand in one of the penalty areas, weren't they? Yeah, it really it really did come down, and it was really windy as well, which uh, there was a few of the reporters who were at the game who were saying, apparently, because I think they'd gone on their Twitters and noticed no one was talking about it, so they must have realised that they didn't mention it on the TV coverage that much. Yeah. But like, the reporters over there were saying, the wind is making a right difference in this game. Because Leicester yeah. were able to knock the ball in behind and have the wind hold it up. Mm. It um, was. Um, it's it's one of those things, unfortunately, with the conditions where you ideally want ten the first ten minutes. And I know you would have had the warm up, but you kind of want the first ten minutes of the game to, to kind of get the feel for the pitch and and playing at at game speed. And unfortunately, we've been punished. You know, two and a half minutes in. So you're now having to deal with this. This, you know, your confidence has been knocked early on, and and you you know playing in poor conditions as well. So at that point already, it's not looking, not looking like it's going to be the best of evenings. No, uh, the you know Leeds sort of tried. They didn't really get a grip of the game at all in the first twenty minutes. Uh, for. It looked it was it was one way traffic. Basically. Even though Le- Leeds had plenty of a ball, but you never look. We never looked like doing much. No, that, a lot, a lot, a lot of players. Yeah, a lot of play around the halfway line and and across the back line, but nothing really threatening. Yeah, and then it, so it was about twenty minutes when they went two 0 up. Um, it, this was a really poor goal as well. Like they've got the ball on the right wing, and Leeds put no pressure on the cross. So cross swings in. For my money, Liam Cooper is six yards out of position. Like he's so far across beyond the near post. Because like Vardy's header is at the near post. Mm. And Cooper is a long way in front of that and gets caught under the ball. If he's dropped if he's in a standard position, he heads it away, I think, without any trouble. Yeah. He clears it. Cork gets beaten to the ball by Vardy which it wasn't great but I can understand how that like he is hard to keep with his pace and his movement 
Yeah. Uh, but he slips over as well while he's going for it, which doesn't help. Vardy gets a good header, which is a decent save from Melier, but Tielemans comes in. I'm guessing that Shackleton was probably meant to be on him, but it was the sort of run where, you know, it was to within six yards of your own goal. You, the centre mid at that point probably isn't going to be tracking. Yeah. Uh, but it was just it was just an all round poor goal. Yeah, very very disappointing. And, and like I say, honestly, I I felt like in in that instance that that Cox should have done better and probably should have been anticipating Vardy a bit better than that. Mm. Um, you know, the, the counter to that is Jamie Vardy is one is one of the best strikers in the division. He is brilliant. He's a he's a really good player, and he's such a difficult player to deal with in the penalty area. And that's you know not just because of his pace. He, he's a fantastic poacher. He's very Jermaine Defoe like. He's very good at just being in the right spot at the right time, and, and causing all sorts of problems. Yeah, um, Leeds go in two 0 down. They haven't because I can't I can't think of us having any other major chance in the first half. No, the the only really th- real thing I noticed for the rest of the half was that. Oh, the, oh re- no! That um, that other Bamford chance was also the first half, wasn't it? When Luke Ayling played that really good outside at foot through ball, and Bamford like miscontrolled it. Oh yeah. And uh, therefore, he, he still had a one on one with Schmeichel, but it was a one on one with Schmeichel right on top of him. If his first touch had been any good, he'd have had plenty of space. Yeah, um, I think for the rest of the half, you, you saw Dallas and Ayling were probably played the deepest they played for a while as well. Um, just because Barnes and Barnes and Fardy were finding so much space Barnes, in behind. Fardy, and Den- Dennis Pratt as well, who was playing off the right. Yeah. He, uh, because they were both going central all the time. The number of times you looked at the middle of the pitch and both, and like Ailing and or Dallas were almost level with the centre-backs in mm. terms of laterally, just because they kept coming inside so much. And it just created so much, so much space. It created real problems for us. Uh, we'll, I'll mention it now, actually, because I was very surprised that Stryker didn't start this game. Like I, he, I knew, that, I know that he got taken off after twenty minutes at Villa Park, but I thought, yeah, but it'll be. It'll, I mean, I think I said on the last podcast, but he'll definitely be back in for the next one. It didn't. I didn't think. Even though Shackleton played really well at Villa Park, I didn't think for a second he was going to start, and then he did. Mm. Uh, but I thought that... I mean, Shackleton didn't have a particularly good game. But that isn't what my problem with the decision was. It was that, as well as Click did playing deep against Villa, it, if you are bringing in Shackleton to play Click deep, I think that you you make it... It's almost like you're going out of your way to not get the best out of Click. Yeah, and, and I think as I, as I've said before, whenever Dallas has played in the middle of midfield, that, that it, it's been to the detriment of Click at times. And I feel with someone who is as vital to this team as he is, or it seemingly is in Bielsa's eyes, depending on how you want to look at it. But you know the amount of foot, the amount of minutes he plays, he's clearly one of the first names on the team sheet. I find it surprising at times that. You, that you would sacrifice what he brings to that team in that role. Um, when, yeah, I mean, 
I was quite happy to see Shackleton get the start because of, of how well he'd done at Villa Park. But it did seem, you know, maybe, maybe the thinking... And I could almost, I could almost see playing him deeper, just to help the central defenders deal with the pace of someone like Vardy, because you've got Shackleton who is considerably quicker than Cooper. Um, that maybe that would have helped out, but no, you've you've got Click playing this deep, this deep role where he's he's not a particularly defensive player. He works hard, but he's not a defensive player. Shackleton's not really that defensive. No, Shackleton's really an attacking number eight. Yeah. Um, All the right back, but that's weird. <laughs> but it's true. So, and, and given the other options, the, the only other player that you really would have gone with would have been Strike. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised that he didn't play. And I think he will start on Saturday. Mm. Uh, but Leeds did get back into the game. Like, you know, we, we were having all at ball, even if we weren't creating many chances. And then... I mean, it's a, it it is a lucky goal, but there was a lot of people, you know, going, "Oh well, you know, it's a bad cross that's gone in." It's not a bad cross if you're hitting an in-swinging cross from that angle. Your line is roughly to hit the back post. Yeah, and Dallas has put it within a couple of inches of that. It's, it's a it's a good ball in, and you see keepers get caught out by that all the time because he can't overcommit in case someone gets a touch. And especially with a wet wet pitch, when it bounces, it's going to skip on a bit more. Uh, but it's, it's a good ball in from Dallas. Uh, and luckily for us, it goes straight in. And I did think, because I put at half time, you know, we're not out of this game. An early goal would help. It's not, it doesn't have to be early, but an early goal would help. And as soon as we got that, I thought, right, when we a chance now. Yeah, and it, it, it did seem to lift spirits for a little bit and I, I do think for the next 10-15 minutes was was probably our best period of the game where we were oh, I thought, yeah I thought it was definitely his best period of the game yeah we, we were back on the front foot and, and we were creating a couple of chances and, and pr- to a slightly better extent than Wolves I did, I did feel it was that we, we were doing well without testing Schmeichel too much um but I mean, we were then obviously we were unlucky with with Hernandez as well. About what was that? About ten minutes afterwards. Yeah, that was because Hernandez. I thought had a pretty poor first half. Yeah, it was it was a bit because he had a pretty poor first half. But in the second half, he did start to get going a bit. Well, like we should say that like halftime, Shackleton went off for Pereira, and sort of Harrison almost went central and like almost went up with Bamford. Like we it, sort of had a bit more presence up there. And Fulp Pervader did all right when he came on. But that effort from Hernandez got headed out to him. It's a fantastic first touch, like beats his man with his first touch. Curling effort, and it hits prop, like the angle, uh, post and bar. And yeah. as soon as he hit it, I thought it was in. Oh, so nice. Like you say, that first touch, moving it, moving it over towards his left. Just uh, I don't know which defender it was that was closing it. Was it Justin James? Uh, whichever defender it was, he, he a, just takes a, him out. Bit of a bit of a spoonerism of his name, there. James, James Justin. James Justin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, completely takes him out, back onto his right foot. And when you watch it in slow, I, I still watch it now and think it might go in. It's that's how close it was. Yeah, um, but that was Leeds' best period of the game. At that point, we really, we really did get on 
top, and I thought there was a decent chance. Uh, but there was a, a couple of subs, which I'm just looking up. They did make theirs first. Like James Madison came on for Dennis Pratt, and I thought Madison looked good when he came on. He really helped them get out because before Leeds had got to that stage that we get when we're playing well, where we just kept getting the ball back mm-hmm. and coming back at him, and he seemed to they seemed to lose the ball a lot less easily once he came on. And although Hernandez had a poor first half, he was starting to tick in the second half. And that was when we took him off and brought on Tyler Roberts. And Hernandez seemed to be pretty annoyed about that. Yeah, he was he was chuntering the Hulk. So he came off at the side of the pitch and had to walk pretty much uh, half you know halfway around the pitch. And he seemed to be chuntering to himself the whole time. And I, my best guess would be it was more of a fitness decision than anything else. Yeah, it probably was, but I think he was just annoyed because he was just starting to get into the game. Uh, and I've got to be honest, I don't think Roberts did a great deal when he came on. Um, no, but but again, like, but so once Roberts comes on, though, you've you've got this really odd shape then of of your back four clickers, sort of a holding mid. But by the way, uh, we are recording this on bonfire night, so any uh, bangs you can hear are just fireworks going off. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I am not under siege. Uh, I'm not Robert and Shaw in Israel here. Um, but yeah, it's, we, so we ended up with this 4-1-4-1, but the second bank of four were all attacking midfielders, essentially. You had almost Harrison and Roberts both playing at 10. Pervader on the right, Costas moved over to the left, and Bamford. Yeah. Um, and, and I think straight away, like... Jesus, mate. I know, right? Someone's just set a load up there. I'm <laughs> looking at it as it's happening. It's brilliant. Um, it's free entertainment, this. But, yeah, you, you kind of looked at our bench, and obviously Rafinha was was out injured. As we'll get into Rodrigo, was yeah. ruled out. So, yeah, Rodrigo some... tested positive for COVID now, so he, he is out until the Arsenal game when we come back from international duty. Yeah, that's a terrifying thing to think about when you hear about a Leeds player in the sentence tested positive for. Yeah. Um, you'd rather it be COVID, um, you know, than cocaine, just in case you, you didn't get the joke. Um, but yeah, we we, were, we really struggled for depth on the bench then at centre mid. You know, Tyler Roberts came on and I really, I really hope Tyler Roberts goes out on loan in January because he needs some first team football in the championship. Is it my my thing with the Roberts thing is that I just he can play as a number ten and he can play as a winger, and he is quite a. I think he is a very talented footballer, but he just seems now, especially now, to be so much more effective when he plays as a striker, and he's never going to get a chance to play that here, but. It, it, I just, it's one of them. He just doesn't seem to fit as that number ten. No, it, it, it is sad because because we've seen what he can do when he plays up front. There's, you know, there's been a couple of times. I think obviously the first one was was the Preston game a couple of years back when he when he had that performance. But even going to coming off the bench against Hull last season, you know, and, and lead, getting to lead the line, um, it was. It was it's it was like a more organised version of how the Man City game ended up though that we all of a sudden we had five men forward 
and and five men back and and sort of nothing in between really. Yeah, uh, but anyway, Leicester managed to uh, get a third goal. It was a good it was a good through ball to put uh, Cengiz under through, and it is just a little flick past Melier and Vardy's there to tap into an empty net. Twelve seconds, I think it took as well from from goalkeeper to to goal. Is that what? It, yeah, starts with Casper Schmeichel. It's all. It's very. It's you know, in terms of the the quickness of it happening, it's it's very similar to the first goal. Um. Yeah, and that at that point, that was I think that was game over. I couldn't once that third had gone in, I, I couldn't see us getting anything from the game. Yeah, one thing that I didn't mention that I believe was when it was at two one, and we do have to mention is Luke Ayling's horrific dive. Yeah. And, and and I think that's the thing as well. If as you know, as Leeds fans, uh, we all have our gripe, you know, gripes with players like Grealish. So if you know, if, if we're going to sit here and talk about players like him diving and going down easily, you you have to call it out when it's a Leeds player. Yeah, as, this isn't like the ailing flop because the ailing flop there is contact. He's just clever with it. This mm-hmm. was just. Well, I, I just say he, he thought that that slide tackle was coming, and it just never came. Yeah, yeah and he'd already set. He'd already decided he were going over. Mm. Apparently, he did like apologise to Christian Fuchs when it happened and stuff, and that's why they didn't make. That's why Leicester players apparently didn't make as much of a big deal out of it. Yeah, because he like said sorry, but like diving like that now, it's even more stupid when there's VAR because even if he tricked the ref. It's, yeah, it's it was so disappointing to see. Yeah, uh, and then they made it four-one late on. Uh, Taylormans with his second this time from penalty spot. Uh, it was just a really stupid, frustrated tackle from Click. Like the, yeah. the, the ball's barely in the box, and he just—I mean, he just went through him, didn't he? It was—he didn't. It wasn't like a violent tackle. It wasn't going to hurt anyone, but it, it was just needless. I was so surprised though that this would even was allowed to be played be played on. Like I, I, I could understand it if the ref made a decision and then wanted to look to see whether it was a free kick or a penalty. But the fact that the game was allowed to go on for any length of time while VAR looked at it, I thought it was quite impressive. Like I, I, at first viewing, I thought it was a foul. Yeah, I thought so. It turned by, I remember glan- like glancing down at Twitter afterwards to update. Like I was updating through it all together Twitter while I was working, and just said, "Oh, that looked like a pen." And pretty much everyone was saying the exact same thing. Uh, but you know, we you go, we're going to have bad results in Premier League. You know, overall we've still had a you know a pretty good start. We've played, and you know, we've played Liverpool and Leicester and Wolves. And Man City, they're all good sides. Yeah, yeah. When you say when you say that, they are teams that were all in Europe last season. Yeah, and we've got and, we, and got, we were in the Championship. You know, we've got ten points from seven games. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty decent start. This, I, I do. I I think the biggest thing out of anything that we ended up missing in that game was Rodrigo. It was such a blow to lose him. Yeah, him him and, of course, Phillips. 
because I think we always miss Phillips when he isn't there. I think it always mm. makes a difference. But the, Rodrigo, we missed Rodrigo more than I thought we would. There was, and I, this is not a defence of, of Bamford's chances, but the the way those two have linked up so far this season has, has been so impressive, and it and it almost it almost seemed like Bamford had lost his partner up front all of a sudden, and and the you know the link up play just wasn't there. And and some of that is down to Leicester and, and how well they played as well. Yeah, they set up well. They did exact. It's although they played deep, it wasn't like when. So it wasn't like when you got basically rubbish sides coming to play in the championship and they just stick everyone behind the ball and hope to get away with it. Yeah. Leicester were kind of like what Wolves did, only better. Mm. You know, they defended deep, they defended well, but they were looking to break whenever they could. That's it. Obviously, they as soon as they won it, and yes, they did get into those deep positions and, and kind of into two banks on the edge of the penalty area. But yeah, like you say, it wasn't just a case of win it, lump it forward and, and wait for it to come again. As soon as they were in possession, they they were looking to break and, and break quickly. Yeah, it was a it was a weekend of four ones because the twenty threes won four one as well. Mm. Was, did you see any of it? I did not. All right, they were, they were pretty good. Well, it's uh, Joe Gellart stood out a mile again. He scored twice. There was an own goal, and Max Dean got the other. But it was obviously with this game being on the Sunday and there being a first team game on the Monday, we were back to having a properly young side. Yeah, uh, and we played some we played some really good football. Uh, like Gellhart was really good. Jack Jenkins in the middle was really good. Like the first couple of times I saw Jenkins, I wasn't sure what to think of him, but he just keeps getting better. Like he's he's just constantly improving, and that's a really good sign. Uh, See, for, for as well as as well as he's playing for the under twenty threes. I do feel like in a time when Rodrigo's out, that this like this game coming up would be the time to put Gelhard on on the bench. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going. I'll put the kids in after a defeat or anything like that. But he has he has been on fire for the under twenty threes. From what I've seen of get from what I've seen of Gelhard, if he was if he was on the bench, I'd have no, I'd I'd just be looking forward to it and hoping to see him. But I don't think it'll happen yet. Uh, Cody oh, no. Drama played really well at right back as well. Uh, but the one that was good to see was that uh, Casey played DM and alongside Charlie Cresswell was Noan Kenny. Yeah, he's uh, back. Who's, he's back from injury. And he he looked he looked really good. Obviously, he's he's like the great hope. You know, he's been really, really highly rated for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't got to see loads of him, but I could see what... He, he just seemed... His anticipation seemed really good. He was always just in the right place. It's good to see from, you know, especially players that age, because th- that's, you know, it, it is the mental side of it that kind of comes more and more with, with more first-team football as well. And, you know, sort of natural ability will take you so far in the in the 18s and the 23s. Um, so he, he's someone who... I feel like he'll probably be one of those that if he can keep his fitness, you know, build up his fitness, it'll be the sort of play you might even see on the bench when we, when we get to the FA Cup. Yeah. Uh, but, but if anyone hasn't seen it, the thing to go look for is Leeds third goal, Gellart's second. Like gets the ball sort of 25, 30 yards out. 
beats like three players, drives into the box and just hammers it into the bottom corner. It's a great goal. And uh, I'm, I was, I was very. He's even the game where we got like battered four 0 by Stoke. He looked the best player. Yeah. And so I think he's the, he's the one that I'm really hoping to see something out of. Uh, the, before, I mean, we've only got this in the preview. So I get, the only other bit of news regarding Leeds is very, very, very sad news. Uh, Marius Zaliukas who unfortunately for Leeds fans, like it, it just just because something tragic's happened don't make it any less true. His, ma- his main famous thing with Leeds is the game at Chef Wednesday, where he, he did have one of the worst games you'll ever see someone have. But he did start very, very well and break into the side. And he's uh, he's died. He's only 36 as well, which is just so incredibly young. But uh, yeah. his, his, his main thing in the... UK and I suppose just in football generally is he had like a seven year spell at Hearts where he captained them to win in the Scottish Cup and they beat Hibs 5-1 at, at Wembley no at Hampden Park <laughs> uh, but yeah it's just it's just really really sad news yeah very, very shocking to, to hear something like that especially you know it, as the saying goes 36 is no age um yeah, it, it, it's it's very hard, uh, very easy to to forget how well he actually started at Leeds. Because yeah, he came in like with no fanfare, he'd just been on trial, hadn't he? And just like, yeah, I, I feel like it was about October or November, something like that. He'd, uh, he'd, he'd it c- was his first game was against Yeovil on first of November, so he probably got signed in October. Yeah, um, and, and again, you were just looking at well, for us being. An incredibly mid-table championship team at that point. There's this player who had been captain in Hearts for a number of years. Is I, you know, I don't want to be disparaging because it's Lithuania, but you know, it's been an irregular an international for a while. Um, and we had a fairly shit defense at the time as well. So you know, see, you know, it was a good signing, and he and he seemed to fit in very well at the start. It was another one of those. Normally, it's with loans. We'll have a loan defender. They'll do well, and we'll sign him permanent. And the fault. And he was like signed a short-term deal. Did really well. Extended his contract to the end of the following season, and that's when his form dropped off the cliff. Yeah, because I, I mean, he ended up leaving at the end of that first season. Yeah, I mean, it was all going on that year, wasn't it? This is, you know, this was under McDermott, wasn't it? Who, you know, by this point, as as I think had been promised a lot, and then was given very little of it, except for a million pounds on Luke Murphy. Um, you know, it, it is it is a shame that Sheffield Wednesday will be your first thought as a Leeds fan when when people talk about Marius Eliukas. Um, considering again the reputation he has with Hearts fans, as you know, you saw Phil Hay talking about them, and if you've seen any any other Hearts talking about it as well, so so fondly remembered. Yeah, and you know, it, it, it's it, it's an awful thing, but that's the thing to remember. He, he did have a very successful spell at a club, and he has looked at really positively. And we leads. I try and remember. Uh, can you remember his tackle on Joel Ekstrand when we played Watford? 
Yeah. When he when he started his slide about fifteen yards away <laughs> <laughs> to make a, a ridiculous diving block. It's one of the best tackles you'll ever see. Uh, it was no, it's a real shame, and I mean, it's a shame when anyone who's thirty six passes away. But it was just you really don't expect you really don't expect it when it's footballers, even though it does happen every now and then. Yeah, it just always catches you off guard. He's a uh, to be honest, it was one of those things where I'd never really put two and two together that he he is one of the few success stories out of the uh, Hearts link with with Kaunas. Yeah, the Vladimir Romanov. Yeah. And also looking at the, the fact he was born in the Soviet Union. Well, yeah, he's old, he's old enough to... Yeah, yeah. That's just, again, you just think Lithuania and not much beyond that, but it's uh, yeah, the Lithuania, the Soviet uh, Soviet Union. Yeah. Unbelievable. So I think all we have to do then is get on to the next game, which is one in a way that worries me. Because we've just seen, we've just seen, you know, Leeds have struggled against a team that is able to defend well and then show a bit of pace to come out on the break and have enough quality. And we're playing Crystal Palace, who that's pretty much how they play. Yeah, you know. If you've never heard, admittedly, they're not as good as Leicester. But yeah, I mean, if if you've never watched Crystal Palace, you, you'll still know of the threat of Wilfred Zaha. You know, absolutely top quality player who who desperately needs to be at any other club. You see, that's the thing. That's what he he thinks he needs, but I'm not so sure. Or maybe in just another London club. Maybe that's what. It's yeah, like, so he doesn't he get stay the in the city. Yeah, I, uh, you know. There's a number of there's a number of decent players in this squad. Um, obviously, we all know about Easy from last season as well. Yeah, they haven't started. They haven't really been able to get Abereza into the starting lineup that much yet. But he is a really good player. Um, Mishi Bashwai, who who we were tentatively linked with over the summer, or over the I don't know if it was even the summer now over the transfer window. Yeah. Over that uh, two weeks of off season, we had. Yeah, um, they'll be without. Uh, is it Milivojevic? Yeah, he's uh, suspended, isn't he? Yeah, uh, but to be honest, he's he's been on the bench a bit anyway. Because mm. uh, after like three or four years of not getting a game, uh, Jairo Riedewald has finally got into the team. Who was signed to my axe, and he's a yeah. good player. Um. Like, I'm not sure exactly what they play. I mean, they've got plenty of pace out wide. Obviously, Zaha can play there, but he might play central. You know, you've got Andros Townsend, who is still fairly quick, and he loves a long shot. And it would be very much narrative, you know, if it's being driven by narrative, him scoring a long range against us. Christ. You know, after he swarmed off when he when we had him on loan, and he just said, nah, I'm off. I hate Andros. <laughs> Uh, and Je- Jeff Slop, if he plays as well, he's absolutely rapid. Uh, Riedewald will probably play in midfield with James McArthur. Have they still got James McCarthy as well? Uh, I don't know. 
It's not looking like it on their squad list. Oh no, he is there. No, they are both. They are both still there. It's like signing twins to try and confuse a referee or something. Yeah. Um, so def- defensively, they they they're solid, but not spectacular. Like Nathaniel Klein's got obviously gone back there, having been injured for basically two years. Uh, and he was just going. He re- he signed a contract. He wasn't expecting to play much. But then all the defenders, all the right backs, have got injured. So he actually played in the last game. Uh, so I'm not really sure what level he's going to be at. I would, you you would think that he can't be the player that he was a few years ago after all injuries. So that could be something. Harrison getting at him, yeah, could be a real option for us. Uh, I've got Patrick Van Aanholt at left back, who is a really good player, but I rate him more going forward than I do defensively. Mm. And then centre backs will probably be Scott Dan and Cheku Kiate, who Kiate dropped into defence because uh, Cahill was out and. Have we still got Mamadou Sako? Because I think he was out as well. Yeah. Is Gary Cahill not back? Uh, he may be back now. I don't know. I think... But, I've but certainly Kiyate, seen Kiyate did really well when he dropped in there, so I think they might keep his place anyway. Yeah. Because I, I think Joel Ward's out from right back, and I think that Tyreek Mitchell that plays... You know, that plays left back, that young one. I think he's out, so that restricts the full-back options from as well. Yeah. I mean, he probably he wouldn't get in the team ahead of Van Aanholt, but they're a bit short in that regard. Uh, it's... They've also got Ben Teke, who, you know, because he's absolutely rubbish now and can't do anything, He if he plays, he'll probably score against us. Yeah, it sounds about right, to be honest, doesn't it? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping they have a, a goalkeeper injury crisis and uh, Chat Butler just drafted in. Yeah. <laughs> Because what did they sign him for in, Jan- in January? God, what the hell is going on? Lockdown has broken me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Back end at transfer window because like I've, you know, it's only a year ago that they were talking about. Oh, will someone sign him? Because Stoke want like twelve million, and was it about half a million they've signed him for? Yeah, Stoke fans had absolutely turned on him last season. Well, he appears to have been kidnapped and replaced with a rubbish version of himself. I mean, I, I love that at the back end of last season after the restart was that they were going to, uh, that they'd gone with, who was the goalkeeper Stoke went with? As, who was their second choice? Uh, it was Adam, was it Adam Federici? Yes, Federici. And then did they, was his contract up before the restart? Yeah, and they played, they played the third choice instead, and I can't remember what. Well, they brought Butler back in against us. Yeah, but they, like they they did end up playing like someone else who were just they just couldn't trust Butland at all. J- Johnny goalkeeper, he yeah. got the call. Up. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's my hope for the game, and then it's just shoot from anywhere. I still find I, I can't believe Connor Wickham's still there. Oh, is he still there? Yeah, I've always liked Connor Wickham. I always liked him when we had him on loan, despite the fact we tried playing him left wing. Yeah, um, yeah I always thought he was one of the better loanees, or one of the better short-term loanees that we had. He, yeah, Connor Wickham, didn't he have the most surprising long throw you've ever seen? Yes, which is a pretty sure why we probably put him on the wing. Yeah, had a banging long throw, which isn't something you expect from a striker. Yeah, you don't know any strikers with a long throw, do you? 
No, because you're damn sure not a striker. I am a striker. Shut up. And your floor wasn't long. It, <laughs> it, it was, was long. It was it just was longer than some of your teammates. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, we're on the back keepers. Guaita is a good goalkeeper, but he is a little bit erratic. So For, you, just hope, you, just, you just hope he's having one of his off days. Uh, do you think Leeds will change much? Because I, I think that it'll just be the strike in for Shackleton. Yeah, to be, I'm, I'm trying to think of where else you, you could really make changes, but Rodrigo is going to be missing this one as well. Juventus uh, is still out, definitely. Juventus, Ur- yeah, uh, to be honest, Juventus could be fully fit. I don't think he's playing anytime soon. No, um, Bielsa did say today that Rafinha might be back for, te- for doing a fitness test tomorrow, but if, if he is fit, he'll be on the bench. Yeah, I guess to be again, same thing. I think if if he was fully fit, I still think he'd be on the bench at this point. Um, no, there's there's not really much else you can really change. No. I do I wonder if he'll be tempted to start with Hernandez on. If he could be tempted to start with Hernandez on the bench. The the only other thing I could think of would be to maybe play Dallas at centre mid and bring Alioski back in. To, to kind of if he doesn't bring strike back in, but I, I I think strike would be would be his his preference. Yeah, I, I, that's what I would think will happen. Uh, I would expect Leeds to have a lot of ball in this, like a lot of the ball. It's just whether it's just whether we can create anything with it. Yeah, I, I'm hoping, you know, certainly in that central area that. There's there's not a lot of pace except between the central midfielders and, and central defenders for Palace that this, you know, if if he does start, that this might suit Pablo Hernandez a bit. Um, might give him a little bit more time on the ball. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously the game's on Saturday. It's on pay-per-view, um, which, you know, I'd done... You know, either just don't pay for it. I mean, you can if you want, but there's uh, plenty of good causes out there. The food bank still needs it. It's also the closest game to Remembrance Sunday, so I, I, I've given my 15 to British Legion this time. Uh, but there is a story that broke about an hour ago that after this international break, they reckon they're going to go back to the way they were doing it at the start of the season and they're going to take them off pay-per-view. Yeah, I... I mean, if if only they'd had some experience with pay-per-view football before and seeing how well that had gone. Um, you know, I, I just think while the intention of let's try and show as many games as possible while there are maybe more people who can watch is is fine in practice. Making them pay 15 quid was, was never going to fly. No, as I say, I... I've said before, like I would much rather that you didn't have to spend extra money on it. But I do understand that it is above and beyond your the television subscription that you've paid for, as advertised. Mm. So I'm actually okay with them saying it's going to cost a bit more money, you know, for these extra games. It's just the pricing is so ridiculous. Like you know, if you if you this block of games, if it was an extra thirty. If it was 
if there's a way, everyone, if you want all of them, it's, you know, 30 quid on top of your thing and you get all of it. Then I think, I don't think you'd have got much, too much arguing. Mm. And although you say, you say that, and I know we were talking about this early, but just thinking that this now, I know you get all of those extra games, but when you're already paying 18 quid a month, yeah, even then I think maybe 2025 would be the biggest you'd stretch because I don't think people want to pay that much more for, for games that were deemed worthy of television. Yeah, that, I'd say, but it looks like the it looks as if they're backing down anyway because it's not one of it was it's been rumoured a couple of times over the last few weeks but these ones are like every single paper all the online play they've all got this story yeah uh, and apparently the the sales although there were it, it have each game of uh, the first nine matches the average was 39,000 buys which obviously is enough for them to be making a decent uh, you know a good profit on it but apparently that profit, I'm guessing, isn't worth all the bad press. Yeah, and I, I think it, it kind of only makes it look worse when you see the appeals that were going on up and down the country from clubs to to making donations, whether it's to food banks, whether it's to you know charities like the British Legion and stuff like that. It just, it's not a good look at this time. No. Right, uh, so I guess all we need is a prediction for the Palace game and then we're away. Uh, to be honest, I don't, the rate the explosions are going off around me at this point, I don't even know if I'll make the Palace game. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to get worse outside mine. I, I'm, I'm getting unnerved, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling confident. So I'm going to say, I'm gonna put me down for a three-one win. I'm, I'm going with a Rob Shaw special. Yeah, I actually, weirdly for this one, I fancy is I think we, even though they sit deep. I just I don't think they've got as much quality at the back. It's weird to say about Leicester because they had a really makeshift defence out, but they're all players that are right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I don't think this one will be as high scoring because I don't think Hodgson will let it be. But I think we'll win this one nil. No, we're pretty, we're both confident then. Yeah. Um, so I reckon that will do us for I believe I said episode eighty seven. Yes. of the Mighty Whites podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at Mighty Whites Pod. The stuff we write goes up on Through It All Together, which is on Twitter at THRU, it's all LUFC, and also Uh We got some numbers through, and we've, like the traffic is up 300% year on year. So thanks for that. Yeah, Any of you that have read it, I really, really do appreciate it. Uh, now, if you can make this, have its uh, downloads go up by 300%, then we might be able to make oof, like twenties of pounds per episode. Are you <laughs> getting paid for this? No, but we might, but that <laughs> would be that would be enough for us to sell some advertising. <laughs> Wait, what is three hundred percent of zero? And don't tell me don't it's zero. Don't tell me it's zero. <laughs> Just remember, Casey, this podcasting game, it's not about how many downloads you get, it's how much copper wire you can get out of the building with. <laughs> So, yeah, that'll do us. I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. <laughs>